0: Hello and welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle, and resident business coach. Serving you straight up business advice to help you start, grow, and scale the business of your dreams. Hello and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle, and your resident business coach here. And on today's episode, I'm super excited to share this really dynamic conversation that I recently had with Flex Mummy, who is a podcaster, author, TV presenter, professional opinion giver, and so much more. Before we dive into that conversation, I just want to give a few little announcements, one being it is the end of the year, quickly approaching. So if you have been thinking about business coaching, now is your time. Flick me an email, go to our website, startupcreative.com.au, hit the contact page or there's a coaching page there, get in touch, I'll let you know how it works, see what availability, availability we have and look forward to working with you. There's limited spaces uh, between now and the end of the year and as of next year – There might be even more limited spaces as we hopefully work on some more in-person events, podcasts, courses, and all those things, which I'm excited to share with you as well coming soon. But if coaching has been on your radar, get in touch. Now's your time. If you're looking for a sign, this is it. Just start all those things. We'd love to work with you if it's one-on-one or I offer a six-month package as well. And my other quick announcement is that we are launching an online course. It is coming real soon, as in next week. (laughs) I should do an episode about online courses and building them, but also how the times have changed. The first time I launched an online course, it was uh, months of lead up and sales and all these things. And I really think I listened to this webinar the other day about courses and it was like people know what they want when they want it. Um... And so I just think, yeah, let's just get it out there. Just start. Get it done. Um, So if you want help on starting an online course, let me know. I'm building mine with Squarespace and yeah, have found it really easy and have been loving it. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be on starting a side hustle and there'll be some bonuses for when that goes live. So join the mailing list or just head over to the website and you should be able to see a coming soon sign up to be the first to know when that launches. Um, But yeah, let's jump into this. This conversation is Finally, recorded. We were meant to record it at our Make Your Mark uh, event with Squarespace. And unfortunately, we lost that audio, which was a bit devastating because it was such an amazing event. We had a packed room of hundreds of people, a really dynamic panel. Flex was part of that conversation. It was all about how to market yourself online. So we did our best to recap this conversation. And it's super energetic, really inspiring. Flex talks about starting from, you know, an intern at MTV to building a DJ career, becoming an author, a business owner with multiple products and also um a personal brand as well. So lots of different advice in here and she always gives it straight up. We also chatted about Instagram, which was a really fun conversation, but also how she um, uses her website. And we talk about our analogies and our theories about the beauty of a website being your personal real estate that you own. So it can't be messed up with an algorithm or taken away from you. So yeah, we dive into some tips around that and yeah, enjoy the conversation. It's super energetic and loved it. So let me know what you think. Get in touch for coaching and stay tuned for course coming soon. Hey, welcome back to the Make Your Mark <laughs> uh, Take Two recording in progress this time around. Flex, nice to see you. <laughs>
1: Lovely to see you. Look, technical difficulties do happen. And if you are a spiritual sceptic, you would know that right now it is Mercury retrograde. So I'm not going to say too much about what that means for us, but I hope that this recording works. It is. And also we wouldn't get to
0: do this if, um, if we didn't go wrong. So here we are. And nice. Nice to have you on the podcast. Exactly. Um I actually there must have been something in the air between like this podcast coming to life today because I woke up I reckon it might have been the middle of the night and went back to sleep and I was remembering on the Make Your Mark panel how we somehow got into this conversation about you know if your website is your front of house and like your reception And we were talking Mm -hmm. about where Instagram would be. And I was having this conversation last night about the role Instagram plays now. And what do you think of this? I know we went back and forth with a few different options, but Instagram, I feel like, is the person with the board out the front saying, or like the spinning hand saying like $2 pizza slices, right? Do you reckon? I think I nailed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually yeah. think that is exactly what it is because I was speaking to a friend the other day about you know a fellow you know, creative on the internet and we were talking about where we garner Mm. shame and embarrassment when it comes to working because there's this undercurrent of creatives and people who, side hustlers, self-starters, there is this essence of shame. And I was like, isn't it so strange that Instagram is one of the only marketing tools that we have to promote ourselves, yet the act of self-promotion feels inherently cringy. And what is the purpose of putting your effort, your energy, your time, your money, your enthusiasm into your creative practice if the avenue to share that feels Mm. Inadvertently cringy. And so, to your point of the person outside the venue waving around this sign, I have no doubt that they feel Mm. cringy. The people observing them feel cringy. But without Mm. them doing that, they might never have noticed the business. And they don't
0: care how much what people think of them walking past because it's going to make them money. They're getting paid an hourly rate or conversion or whatever, right? Which is the same as Instagram. And then it's like, hey, in you go into the building, come check out the website you know, this is what we do. And I think it's, it's more and more so this like quote of owning your own real estate as a, as a website versus um, yeah. Instagram that used to almost act as a bit of a mini website. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the, the, that point about owning your own real estate is really good because I don't think the average person can conceptualise a time mm. where these things don't work for them. You know, like nobody anticipated the algorithm Mm -hmm. not working in their favour. Those of us who started using TikTok in 2020 weren't anticipating a time where every single video wasn't getting tens, twenties, hundreds of Mm. thousands of views every video. Now that time has passed. And so backing yourself a little bit and Mm. having at least some kind of infrastructure that people know where to find you, it's bare minimum. Mm. And a lot of us aren't good at bare minimum. I was saying, or I've been saying for a couple of years now, and I don't like to reference it because talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that mm. concept was co-opted um, from Indigenous communities. So I, I don't know, but we don't know who the original source mm. is. Anyway, let's just say for all intents and purposes, if you Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you'll see what it is. It's a pyramid, kind of looks like the food pyramid, and it essentially talks to you about the journey to self actualization and all the steps you need to take in order to get there. And so at the mm-hmm. bottom, you've got your bare minimum things. You need your food, your water... Security, safety, shelter. And then next up, it might be a hobby, mm-hmm. a friend group, something. And then at the very top of that pyramid is self actualization. After you do all these foundational things, you have the tools you need to become your most actualized self. But a lot of us mm-hmm. want to start at self actualization. I want to be the best, the first, the most esteemed, the most refined. And then half of us can't even mm-hmm. drink our eight glasses of water a day. And so similarly with this idea of having a website, you know, that's foundational stuff really when it comes to owning your own business, especially where we live in Australia, yet people kind of want to bypass that process and go straight to, well, I want the recognition of being the best in my field before I think about making a website. Yeah.
0: Wow, I love how you uh, tied hierarchy of needs to the website. Very (laughs) impressive. Oh, yeah. And I'll do it again. (laughs) I love that. And it's even the other day, you know, so I was helping as a coaching client, someone with setting up uh, something to sell on their website, you know, and um, and they kind of just went, right, yeah. here it is on the website. And I went to the page, I was like, it's a lot of words, you know, it's, I'm going to need some images in there. We're going to spread it out. Let's get some spacing, put some color, you know. And it was like, no, no, no we're going to talk about marketing skills. And I was like, okay, well, the, there's no point in driving traffic to your website if they land on that page and it's just words, you know, and it's like to that point of like you've got to, all yeah. of those little branding moments that are an experience, the front of house of your you know, if you come in and it's just like paper all over the reception desk and like, you know, old food and, you know, yeah. chaos, can't see the person because they're just, you know, in paperwork. You're going to be like, okay, you don't have time for this. I'm out of here. You know, mm-hmm. I love that. Absolutely. Hey, um, exactly. while we're on the topic of websites, I know we talked a little bit about this at the Make Your Mark event, but what's what kind of role? I guess we chatted a little bit about it now, but it's specifically you're, you're a, uh, um, one do lots of things. What do they call it? Slashes like the what? Do you, Slashy, yeah. Um, <laughs> DJ influencer, opinion giver, podcaster. Um, a recent football fan.
1: Am I? Is that recent? Yeah, yeah. I'm getting sports. <laughs> can I tell you this thing that I'm loving about sports? And so, so this this kind of thought <laughs> happened about two years ago. And I was coming out of the back of going to therapy after my first panic attack. I was like, this stuff is crazy. But I guess I'd been to therapy before and the feedback I got Mm -hmm. was like, you're so self-aware. You don't even need this. And I was like, "Mm, that's not really helpful. But one of the things that kept coming up, amongst other things, is that my need, Mm -hmm. I have this incessant Mm -hmm. need to come across as hyper hyper individualistic or unique in some way. Right so I want conventional success in an unconventional way. I want to be regarded as professional but I don't want yeah. to be traditionally professional. And all of these contradictions that come when you want to be perceived as someone who can who can be in traditionally successful spaces and not just professional mm-hmm. I'm talking life successful but also wanting it to do it wanting to do mm-hmm. it in a way that serves and suits you. And so when Part of being perceived as this, like, creative than I am, I always struggle with this idea of if you get it, you get it. If you know, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, why should I have to detail all the things that I've done to get me to this point? It feels as though I'm trying to prove to you that I'm worthy of being here by having this one place where I present to you um, Mm -hmm. my application for reverie. Look at these Mm -hmm. amazing things I've done. Do you like me now? And so I really, uh, although I've had a website for the bulk of my career, I didn't really understand the function. And I was, I don't want to say too embarrassed or too ashamed, but I just didn't, I was, there was a lot of friction Mm. with that process of using it. I was like, well, what, I don't want to snapshot myself in one time and present to the world this this complete version of myself that's Mm. done these eight things. Because what if I do more? What if I don't want to be perceived (laughs) as this person? I got over that. Eventually, (laughs) it's like, babe, if you're running a business, you need a website. (laughs) And so now the website kind of just serves as this, I would say, it's not a hub. I think that's the wrong word. I don't think you'll go to my website and get the true essence of everything that I do. But understanding that in order to um, book the jobs that I want to book and to be perceived as the media personality that I am, Mm -hmm. I need to be presenting myself in metrics and assets Mm -hmm. that those who are booking me will understand. The random person, you know, who's 55 and only watches free-to-air isn't going to get the essence of my skill Mm -hmm. and my creativity just from scrolling my Instagram. So how do I channel that into Mm -hmm. an avenue or a medium that is understood by those Mm -hmm. who are going to book me in future? So I guess my website is like this Mm -hmm. semi-professional distillation of all the things that I do in a way that'll suit the person who needs the website to validate mm-hmm. all the things that I do. Well, it's the person who's going to pay the jobs, right? Like the
0: bill. Because I think, you know, you yeah. especially, yeah. you know, imagine your career growing and the job, you know, you move the bar and like, cool, well, I've achieved this. What's my next job? And, you know, the budgets get bigger and, the, you know, expectation of you gets bigger and, you know, but it's you can keep expanding, you know, that because the person who is going to go, well, yeah, justify that price point for getting flex involved or whatever and it's like let's go look at the website they're not going to go and Instagram I was just thinking as you're talking like yeah if I think what's so good about your Instagram as a user or a follower of that it's like the fun and the lightness and that you just like create with it it's entertainment mm. and you haven't lost that and, um, and so you can't do that plus you know, make sure that you get the self promotion across of you know all the shit you've done as well. where a website is uninterrupted. There's nothing. You know, I think you're concentrated on a website too, right? Like you're you're not.
1: Yes, concentrated. It has direction. It's focused. No one's. There's no swipe.
0: There's no alert saying, "Oh, someone messaged you," or you don't like go down like a TikTok rabbit hole. You know. <laughs> um. I was also just thinking because I I love your website and how simple it is. Um. And I was thinking it's almost like you were saying I didn't want to have a website. I was like that. I didn't want to have a blog because everyone was blogging. So I started a magazine, which really killed me. But yeah. it was like, I want to do it differently. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's almost like now it's I. if your website, if I was to describe it for you, it would be like a, um, a, a matte, mm-hmm. shiny, like business card, really thick like card it's like you know the laminate kind of on one side maybe some embossed thing <laughs> and then just like uh, your website yeah. in like invisible ink or something so it's like mysterious enough but like truly
1: it's still are those who know no because it, it is an overview yeah. and it's the most refined it's to me it feels like creatively sanitized for a reason mm. I wasn't understanding that You know, some jobs that I get, people are booking me for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my career where I'm commodifying myself and only recently have found this way to commodify parts of myself as opposed to all of myself, I recognise that a lot of the way that I present to the world is I'll give you everything Mm. in exchange for this dollar. And the website, it being sleek and refined and black and white, is like I can give you a portion of me for this dollar. Mm. And here's how we can interpret what portion you're able to buy into.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's nice. Um, Let's talk a bit about that because I know that you mentioned also, you know, doing all the different things. Maybe we'll start there, but I'd be interested to also recap how you were talking. I think your advice really um, rung true for a lot of people about building the team around you, you know, and if you can almost automate the you know, here's what you're going to get or what you can get as the website and, you know, you've got your team for other things. Mm. But maybe let's start off with um, your, a bit of, you know, a bit of your career in terms of, you know, starting with DJ, going on to be nominated for a Logie, um, you know, all of the other things that you've achieved. When have you known, what is your process for picking what you want to do? when to maybe move on from something, when to add something to the many things that is Flex Mummy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the trajectory is I finished high school and I did really poorly. I got a 50-something in my final mark, which was a a surprise to me because although I wasn't... Uh, in essence the person I am now. I definitely um applied mm-hmm. myself or at least I thought I did. I did what I thought I was I did what I thought I had to do to go to school. I was socializing, I made friends, and I was socializing in class mm-hmm. with my friends and my teachers. If someone needed a hand up, my hand was up. You know? If someone needed to volunteer, I was volunteering. But then when mm. it came to being assessed, I just couldn't distill the information that I had learned and I couldn't mm. parrot it back in the format required. I was like, I just don't get it. But anyway, so that's where I was. And at this point in time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and because I was a chatty kind of young girl, it was like, you should be a lawyer, but also <laughs> you're really creative. You should work in fashion. And I really liked personality typing and, you know, entry-level psychology, but mm. I was like 16, 17. What could I really known? So was like maybe I'll be a psychologist or a counsellor and all of these things required years and years and years of academia mm. and also marks to get them. And so at this point I was also really money motivated. I've always had two jobs at the same time, two or more. And so when I finished school and didn't have those marks I was like okay well I'll just work. And then after a year I ended up going to a private college. No after a year I ended up going mm. to TAFE to do fashion business and just stop going after a couple of months. <laughs> I didn't know you had to officially drop out. <laughs> and then um, similarly, I went to this private college to go and study um, business and PR mm-hmm. and then also dropped out by not going. <laughs> but still have to pay off that hex debt. Well, I paid it off, thank goodness. But so that's just yep. where I was, just like flipping between things and being like, that's not fun. But what I do remember is as part of the business degree, you'd have to do uh, paid internships. I think it was like, in the second semester maybe, Mm -hmm. or even like the second year. But I thought if I start that now, I'll have a good idea of what PR actually is and if I want to be in that field or not. So I got this uh, unpaid internship that went from one day to two days to three days. And I was juggling that. And then after a couple of months, Mm -hmm. I got offered a casual, casual job. And it was one of those small businesses where, you know, it's like they're under-resourced, but understaffed as well and so mm. when somebody leaves they don't get replaced you just kind of absorb their responsibilities and I felt really gratified and validated being in that job because I was like look at what I did guys I didn't even get the marks and here I am and every day I go to work mm-hmm. in makeup mm-hmm. and heels and a blazer and I yip 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 yip, yip and it's amazing mm. and then um uh and then I quit that job eventually when everyone's senior quit and I was like oh, I don't want to be here that badly but I went mm-hmm. and got another job in PR and social media And had that similar feeling of like, this is not actually that fun. And I remember at the time I would have been 19 and my friends were going out. And I was the youngest in my friend group. So I was a bit late to all these milestones. So by the time I could go out and drink, they'd Mm. already gone to from binge drinking to social drinking. Mm. I said, this doesn't taste good. I'm a not drink. But I really liked the club environment. Mm. So I was like, imagine getting paid to be here. That would be sick. Long story short, became a door girl. And then through being a door girl, met DJs and promoters. And I was like, I'd love to be a (laughs) DJ. And they're like, you don't know how to DJ. And so I was like, I can teach myself how to DJ. So I asked the venue if I could go in on weekdays and use the equipment when they were setting yeah. up. And they were like, whatever you want to do, but it's up to you. So that's what I did. And I say that to say, you know, I don't think I was a particularly motivated or disciplined person. I'm not now. I think people get that confused by the way that I show up in the world. How do you do all these things if you're not motivated and or disciplined? But in hindsight, I'm really motivated mm. by my emotional response to things. And so because I was so burnt out and unhappy, I was motivated Mm. to get out of that environment. And because I was in, when I was practicing DJing, it was bringing joy. I was like, well, let's do more of that. That feels really exciting. Very baby brain in the way that I would approach things. But what also happened is that this invincibility came when after a couple of months of DJing, I was doing it, you know, 25 hours and my friends and my family were like, why don't you just quit your Mm. full-time job and go and be a DJ? And I'm thinking, that's not a real job, babe, first of all, and I'm not getting trapped <laughs> into looking like a bum because all you people maybe go and be a DJ and I, had a, I have a corporate office job, you know. But eventually I did that and it gave me this sense of invincibility because, you know, I carried so much shame of not getting the marks that I wanted and feeling really disillusioned that I could, you know, have all the makings of a person who was meant to be successful and then fall short in such a huge way. And then make this comeback, you know, in two Mm, years, I said, I'm doing something that nobody I know is doing. This feels exceptional. And then I just had this sense of adolescent hubris that just followed me through everything I ended up doing afterwards. So from there,
0: yeah. Mm. I have a quick question there for you, because I think it's really interesting because there's and I don't know whether it's youth or if you can pinpoint it or have thought about it, but there does seem to be an essence of following your truth of being like, I'm closing that door, I'm going to try this thing because I think some people can find change really hard or like was there ever, you know, a belief instilled in you or can you recall where that might have come from in terms of like, yeah, I'm just going to, if it doesn't feel right, I'm moving on or I'm going to go through this and that you know, like that moving through, allowing yourself to just keep asking the question and keep following the breadcrumbs and and choosing what's right for you? Was that like, go do it? Or?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess when I was younger, let's say I was 18, 19, I had all the things I needed to feel confident. I knew how to speak to strangers and I dressed well, or I dressed in a way that Meant, meant that I was validated a lot. So that really bolstered my sense of self. And then I got this cool job, you know, all of these, these mm. you know, objectively quite small things now. Mm. That's a lot when you're a young person who has a lot to feel insecure about. And I guess this, if I would describe myself when I was in high school also, mm. it's a very whimsy person. Like right now I'm quite direct and assertive and mm. logical. That was just not my vibe. I was whimsy, stuck in fantasy land, always reading books, not really understanding why the fantasy that I would have in my head or in my books or in Mm. movies wasn't real life. I would always ask questions. I was a big question asker because I was like, but why can't we just do this? And what about this? Just big um, Mm. airhead vibes, but just uh, not just an airhead, but Mm. a dreamer. Like, but what if, but couldn't we do this? And like, isn't that a possibility? Mm. And everyone's like, no, it's not. Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know. I read it in a book <laughs> yeah. and wouldn't it be. So that was the essence I was carrying through the world. So it wasn't that I had this go get a direction. It was, mm. I guess, a lack of understanding mm. about how the real world worked. Mm. And I felt really entitled as well. Not because I was, came from an entitled family, single income. Mm. My mom's a cleaner. My parents are divorced. That's the mm. vibe. But I just think uh, I lived a very isolated, Mm -hmm. in my head type of existence. I was the youngest sibling, Mm -hmm. left to be on my own quite a bit. I wasn't really looking at my peers for guidance or my siblings for guidance on how to be, but also also guidance on what not to do. Oh, I saw that you guys follow exactly what mum said and she didn't even like it and now you're unhappy so I'm not going to mm. do anything she wants me to do you guys aren't getting tattoos and piercings because you want to be seen as good children but like mm. you're not good children so I'm mm. a good kid and I'm going to do whatever I want that's the essence I carried and so by the time it gets to 21 I'm still operating with my high school brain being like but what if but what if and so the, after I started doing full-time DJing I got hit up by MTV and they wanted to do one of those like Day in the Life of It Girls. Mm -hmm. And I was going to be one of a couple people featured in that clip. But it fell through because it was being produced by a freelancer who I guess their contract fell through. But I'd asked them, could I just have an email for MTV? And they were like, why not? And also the thing about working in PR, Mm. all of those skills are skills for life teaches you how to pick up the phone, get things done, tell stories, start conversations, yeah. show initiative, all of these things that I really Pitch struggled ideas. with up until working yeah. that job. Mm. Initiative and foresight, did not understood. Mm. Like pitching ideas, could not fathom. I don't understand. But so when I got this email, I thought, why didn't I send them a a little pitch? You know, so I was like, I'm this person. And, you know, I don't know what roles you have going, but I'd love to work in TV. And they responded and said, do you have any experience? And I said, no, but I'm sure it's something I could pick up. And so they gave me a screen Mm. test and, of course, I was terrible. But they liked the vibe. They liked the essence. And so I got this this, uh, um, part-time job at MTV and I was like, see, this shit really works, okay? This shit really works. You don't get the opportunities you don't ask for. And, you know, in hindsight, yeah, 100%. And in hindsight, you know, what I lacked for an experience, I really made up with initiative and Mm. also just generalised charm. You know, when you have some 20-year-old who's like, I don't know what this is, but mm. I'm really excited and I and like confidence. Culture, and you're like, yeah. oh, this is cute. This is cute, as opposed to someone who's... And it was yeah. uh, it was being perceived as confidence. And so that was really helpful. And so from uh, MTV, I did a bit of um, community radio and then got into podcasting, and then I was still doing all these at the same time. Then I went to beauty influencing, traditional influencing, um, TV presenting, radio presenting, uh, then I wanted to start my own business because I recognized that you know this kind of lifestyle has a shelf life, but all of these decisions they weren 't directed by my innate understanding of the industries that I wanted to be in. But I understood where my limitations were. And so, you know, right now people can look at my career and say, Mm. she was built for this. She's perfect for this. It makes a lot of sense. But I wasn't. You know, when I was trying – when I was a DJ um, 10 years ago, we're still Mm. in, you know, you're a woman DJ and we need you to have blue hair and wear a bikini on stage and fit into this, like, very specific archetype. Mm. And I was like, I can't do any Mm. of that. I don't really even want to be a performer. Please don't even look at me when I DJ. I'm just here to play some music. And then when I started podcasting, you know, this is 2018. I'm Mm. doing a podcast about philosophy and psychology. This is not cool stuff, people. Mm. It wasn't well received, but I just kept doing it. And also people tend to forget Mm. I'm an African woman in Australia. I'm not just set up for success in the way people are perceiving because Mm. we live in in an Americanized environment where you can see Black people on your phone every day. And so you're like, no, this is Mm. fine. Like, remember where we are. And so... It was this essence of feeling like I'm not meant to be in these spaces anyway and I can't, how people mm-hmm. perceive me, I can't really do much about that. You know, when I was younger, I had this hu- this feeling that I could, with my personality and my skills, overcome any negative mm. perceptions of blackness or fatness or womanhood or any of those things and you just can't. And so with that in mind, uh, I didn't go into these certain jobs mm. trying to appease anybody but myself until you get into these spaces and mm. realise there is some appeasing to do and then you become mm. a character of yourself yeah. very briefly and yeah. then you circle back. <laughs> but so it, it wasn't about having direction. It was about recognising opportunities. It was about mm. understanding the people who were making decisions and knowing where I could fit in and also about yeah. being able to assess where the gaps were. And there are yeah. always gaps, always. When I started doing beauty influencing, there were no other black people doing yeah. beauty influencing. I so said, this is sick. I can do that. Yeah. I was going to say that it sounds opportunity,
0: the opportunity was real standout because everyone, everyone I believe is, has opportunities all around them all the time. But if you're, I think there's two things that actually, I just realized I've been going back over by Joe Dispenza recently. So I feel like maybe this is clicking, but mm. that, um, shout out Joe. the, the mindset of the living in this dream world as a kid. And it was like, you know, maybe if you had gone well at school, you would have been on more of that. Okay, cool. I tick the box. And now this, I keep ticking the box. And most people do that until they get to the career yeah. and the house and the, you know, the thing. And then they go, oh, what? I've just been ticking boxes. And then they go, what am I supposed to do? But that unlimited, you know, mind space with, oh, here's an opportunity that you saw because you weren't in this linear ladder climbing. And so you saw opportunities that other people miss and then having that skill set to pitch it and find a win-win. And I think sounds like you're really skilled at that because I think people often in small businesses, especially but come buy my stuff or you should hire me or like, you know, pick me for this rather than, and I remember learning this, it's like people don't come lining up at your door like 10 years on, maybe there's some here and there. but majority of it is going and knocking on the door, you know.
1: Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, I'm a very spiritual person and I tend not to talk about it much on the internet now because I feel as though we're not, if you're not spiritual, then you don't really understand the verbiage I'm using mm. to explain quite a literal thing. And so I mm. recognise there's heaps of luck involved in what's happening here. Mm. There's heaps of being in alignment, heaps of being in the right place at the right time for the right opportunity. But if you moved that to the side, we can't mm. doubt that I have a skill set that affirms where I'm trying to be. I wasn't mm. trying to be a paediatrician. I wasn't trying to be the first person to mm. underwater dive in Bondi Beach. All I've been doing for the last 10 years is using the skills mm. that I have. I can speak. I'm interested in heaps of stuff. Mm. I look good. And mm. I don't know how to present myself. And that's it. Everything else that I learned was what I, everything else I learned to bolster those things that I already mm. knew that I had. I'd love it. And the rest was just seeking out opportunities.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. And I think it's, again, we mentioned this at the Make Your Mark thing around, being ahead of your times in that sense, you know, it's like as startup creative, it's like you, you know, find your passion and turn it into your business or, you know, whatever people believing, especially post-COVID, people starting to believe that, it, hey, if I actually sit down and go, what am I good at? Make a list and then go, all right, what would that look like as a career? Let's start moving in that direction, even if it's one step of being a door girl at a club, you know, like and that's one thing, you know, then um, that, that that could lead you to your dream life and career. And so many people just aren't believing still, don't believe that. And I feel like you kind of had that mentality early on.
1: It's one of those things I wrote about in my book. Uh, my At the time, my publisher mm. was so fascinated by this concept of manifesting. And I'm like, it's, exa- it's, it's wishing, it's praying, it's hoping. And that is definitely one element. But in my book, I split it down into three distinct pillars. And the first is belief, intent and action. I think that a lot of people How do I explain it? Anywhere that I have been in my career, part of me felt validated and entitled to go there. So, you know, with this MTV job, the one that kind of spurred on a lot of these other opportunities... I mm. knew that I didn't have the skills. I wasn't like, oh, you know, maybe if I, I knew. Mm. But I also knew what I was skilled at doing, right? So I believed that in some reality, it's not a far-fetched idea that me, who speaks every day, who has an interest in music, who works in music, who knows pop culture, could do this job, my intention at that time mm. was to see if I could use this for, this small mm. formula and repeat it in this other field. If I put myself out there, if I offer mm. my services, I was still in unpaid internship land anyway, so I wasn't expecting to get paid at this time. If I can do mm. these things, will that render the same outcome? And then the action bits that people keep forgetting. It. It wasn't like I sent an email and then mm. that was it. It's like I had to, I can come in and do a screen test. And when I was in there doing a screen test, I was like, is there anything else that needs to be done here? I could do this, I could do this. And then when I left, there was more action to be done. I thought, I said, I should practice speaking mm. to the camera. I should practice writing a script. I should, um, You know, or I should look at other people who are video hosts and see what they do and start to emulate and mimic that. And the action process, people get confused Mm. because I think they believe it's one divine action, the one step that will get me to where I'm going to go. But I've Mm. always viewed success as a series of mini steps and micro steps, steps that I want to do really, really quickly and fail really quickly so I can get it over and done with and get to the end. Whereas people are kind of like, oh, I'm going to... Mm withhold or hold off on potential failure Mm. so I can make the one decision that gets me the the best outcome possible. It just doesn't work like that. Part of why I jump between jobs Mm. and jump between interests is because that's just who I am as a person. Mm. I get hyper-fixated on a thing that interests me, like we were saying with sports earlier that we didn't get into. And I'm like, whoa, I love sports. And then I Google sports and I look at sports psychology, sports PR, sports – Uh, sports on TV, sports on the internet, sports on TikTok. I'm like, this is so fascinating. But aside from that, I mentioned before that Mm. I'm very emotionally uh, driven. And I didn't know this about myself because I'm very Mm -hmm. good at suppressing my emotions to do what needs to be done. And that just Mm -hmm. comes from a household where we just do what needs to be done. And so it took a while to realise that I can do what needs to be done and suppress my emotions Mm. when things are moving in my favour, but as soon mm-hmm. as there's a little bit of conflict, I'm all over the place because now that my emotions are mm-hmm. uh, are feeding into this decision, I don't know where to put them and how to do it. And so with every kind of job change, it's either that I didn't mm-hmm. feel secure enough to stay there or I didn't feel like it was exciting enough or happy enough mm-hmm. or I felt like I'd reached some mm-hmm. kind of peak, some kind of superficial peak that I was like, I'm good to go. DJing, for example, people say, why don't you DJ as much as you used to? It's like because I went from DJing at clubs to DJing at – DJing at bars to clubs to mm-hmm. um, uh, tour DJing for mm-hmm. rappers and then festival mm-hmm. DJing and then corporate DJing. And then after I'd opened for Scissor and yeah. Doja Cat and Kaliuchus and Kehlani, I was like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Who else do I need to open mm-hmm. for for me to feel creatively validated yeah. by this gig? I'm good. I can leave it on a high and maybe a job comes in and it's fun, but I don't want to over-resource this thing because I know I'm very rewards-driven and I can Mm. only get a certain amount of feel-good sensations for something that's not new anymore. And so, like, what can I try now? What can I try now? What can I try now? Good thing is it works in this kind of fast-paced industry where everybody wants to see something new and exciting, but if we were Mm. in a masters of one-trade type of lifestyle, (laughs) I would struggle.
0: (laughs) Um, what, they call me a where witch. Where's that witch <laughs> often now? <laughs> um, I call me a witch. I love that. And <laughs> it. I was going to ask around. You know the. Building a brand online, and you know, obviously, there's an element of you showing up and as an entertainer through Instagram, but then you've also got this really serious business side, and you're, you know, you do the work that needs to get done. What's your kind of tip? I guess, like, you know, how are you approaching it or advice for people who might be struggling with Instagram or building a connecting with an online community or building that? Or, you know, because I think, you know, maybe if there's someone out there listening being like, Flex is where I want to go in my career, you know. That's that's a, a shining light that says it's possible. You know, I'm gonna start designing my career. But then, you know, realizes there's an element of proving, which is what Instagram can also do. Prove your concept to other people mm. before they see they before they pay you. Because yeah. your Instagram is your own little community, micro community before you get the radio or the podcast. Um, yeah. What's your advice, I guess, through people looking to kind of get that cut through or build their communities and their online brands, you know, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, websites. Um, yeah.
1: I always think of like, how did I do it and how would I do it now? So back when I was starting, I was, the biggest difficulty is, you know, not, not feeling like I was, um, how do I explain it? Like, okay, the best advice I could give is if you know who you want to be or where you want to go, you need to learn the rules before you break them. And the only way you can really learn the rules is by doing. And so I think there's a lot of value in emulating what you see. If you see someone on the internet who has a personal brand or who positions themselves in a the way that mm. you want to be, start to pull apart those elements. You might say, you know, how does Flex's mm. content differ from K's? What elements of Flex's content mm. do I prefer? What elements of K's content do I prefer? With the tools that I have right now, how can mm. I start to get that into, into the ether? I would also say that when it comes mm. to building a personal brand, that's not something I did intentionally. You know, you you have mm. to let your audience decide mm. who you are for them so there are elements of my brand that mm. I didn't pick or choose like being a professional opinion haver if I would have told you you would have to drag an opinion out of me as a young person I was that person who, I didn't even post on Instagram till I was trying to be like I I had you know social networks for my friends but I only intentionally started posting as an influencer mm. when I was a DJ because it was a requirement of booking gigs you know, I was like, I don't need to share my opinion. Nobody needs to know what I'm thinking. Mm. I don't understand why it's important. That's where my head was at, you know? And so now I recognize that mm-hmm. in order to get where you are, you have to do things that you're not doing. And so what aren't you doing? Try those things and recognize they are really, they really are archetypes to success. Even if people were to view us as like this Mm. unconventional approach to traditional success milestones, we do fit quite neatly into Mm. certain archetypes. You are a good podcaster. There are podcasting fundamentals Mm. that you do well, like every other podcaster. And yet Mm. you find your own way and your own flavour because you know the rules and you have the literacy and Mm. you have the acumen. And now you can break them a little bit. I would start with doing that because what I will say is, when you are, it's not even consistency that mm. what I'm looking for, but when you are delivering on a promise, which is like, I'm making a podcast, I'm starting a business, I'm making mm. content people do come. They really, really do. And part of what I'm grateful for now in my career is that Mm -hmm. I didn't have this many people when I was just starting because it's nice to be able to fail and know that only 30 people saw it or only a thousand people saw it. Or it's nice to be, it's nice to iterate on a concept a thousand times Mm. and have people only see the most successful one. I also say, you know, don't be naive Mm. about the realities of the industries you're entering in. I talk to people who are our age who still carry a lot of naivety about the realities of being a freelancer, a small business owner, a content Mm. creator, a creative. And that really slows you down in the sense where, you know, people Mm -hmm. assume that if you're an influencer, you're going to make money. Mm -hmm. No, correlation does not equal causation. People assume that if Mm -hmm. you start a podcast, you'll be, you're articulate correlation does not like does not mean Mm. like causation these things you have to learn these skills and you have to understand Mm. where Mm. where is their money to be made where is their accolades to be had where are their opportunities Mm. and then decide if you want to do those careers as well I always say people ask me like do you are you upset when people refer to you as just an influencer and at one point I thought to myself the only thing that irritates me is if I knew I could just be an influencer like come on the Mm. internet and be myself for a living then I probably wouldn't have decided to be a radio presenter and a podcaster and a a, an author Mm, and a business owner those things are really hard (laughs) and they're not as enjoyable than the perception of just coming online and having a laugh with the girlies Mm. so knowing those realities I think is very helpful because when you know the reality of the industry Mm. you're trying to enter you know what shortcuts you can take and you know where you have to be diligent Like, I know that Mm. my first podcast, we used our phones to record them. Yes, the audio was terrible, but there was no Mm. point investing in this skill without knowing if there was an interest in doing it long term. I know there are peers of mine who do photo shoots every time they want to take an Instagram photo. That's also great. But there are other Mm. avenues. You can just use your phone and take a selfie in your bathroom mirror. You have options. Mm. just got to do, 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 do.
0: Yeah. I love that. I
1: think that's so such great advice.
0: There's so much in there around just starting and doing it and doing it consistently. That thing around doing it and learning it, then breaking the rules is really profound. Like I haven't heard that before, but it makes so much sense because I think back, like I've always recorded off a USB mic and my laptop and, you know, have sat on a stoop in New York City where, because there was no spare room in the house that I couldn't sit quietly with um, Jung Pablo, with the author before he blew up. And it's like this really bad audio, but just did it and did it. And then eventually people were like, When's the next one? Like, why haven't you posted it a while? And it's that, but then your audience is like, oh, actually, you know, we're here. And there's so many people trying to cut through and have an opinion that they're actually looking for the people who are going to stick around before you fall in love with them. I think that was another really good thing. People want to go, hang on.
1: Yeah. Yes. That's another thing. So, like, I, everyone's searching for virality. You know, when I, t- when I tell people... When I got that job as an MTV yeah. presenter, I had less than 5,000 5, followers. Sorry, And when things were really pumping, when I was DJing for the biggest brand and tour DJing, less than 10,000 followers. And if, if I'd gone to these people first and said, I have 10,000 followers, what opportunities do you think I'd be able to get with mm. this number? You would say, okay, let's lowball you, babe. There's not much you can do. Mm. There's something to say about delivering on the promise or delivering on the contract that is made when you go onto mm-hmm. the internet or when you start this business, you say, this is what I do. Because a lot of people yeah. start, but then a lot of people stop immediately mm. after when they realise it's difficult. This is why I also love a soft launch. I love just putting mm. things out, seeing how people like yeah. it, and then deciding it's going to be a business. It's like when I made my conversation card game reflex. Yes, we have nine games now, but that first started because I was very, um, mm. like... Paranoid about not looking like a typical Australian influencer. When I started, it was <laughs> bikinis and acai bowls and sunset pictures and a very particular lifestyle that you know mm. it, it looked good and it fit and it made a lot of sense. And here I was being like, I'm taking club photos and trying to show you what lip gloss I'm wearing for this beauty client. Is it like the the um, bird eye view? What was that? That club Sorry. photo? <laughs> the The fish islands, the white, the fish, fish (laughs) islands. Yeah, exactly. And um, so I was just very paranoid about that. Um, And my mum always used to say this thing, like, just like stay in your lane. And when I was younger, I thought that was a very limiting piece of advice. It's like I don't even know what my lane is, but Mm. it was her trying to acknowledge like that point. In fact, know what you do and do well consistently, and do that.
0: Too. You, you know, you don't have to become really clear. Of
1: everyone you interact with to be mm. your best self. Hundred percent. So I knew that I I'm, I'm a big chit-chatter and I like talking about concepts and ideas. I saw this video and do you think this is a real thing and blah blah, blah, blah mm. and blah, blah And so I was like, I could do that all day. And so what I would do is I'd get on Instagram every day and I would share a thought. Oh my goodness, I was reading this book about Carl Jung and he was saying that dreams mean this do you guys dream often? What do you dream about? I have this reoccurring dream about the apocalypse. And suddenly Mm. we're doing this two-way communication thing, which people didn't do back then on Mm. Instagram. But also I was developing community, which I didn't know I was doing at the time, but it was encouraging this two-way feedback. Mm. That didn't really pop off for, I would say, a year. Like, yes, people engaged, but I could post a selfie and get triple the engagement. But what it did was that I didn't realise that, As I was starting these conversations, which then evolved into just asking my audience questions, Mm -hmm. it became the foundation for this conversation card game. Mm -hmm. I then went on to release a year later. Did I know I was doing it? No, but I had this proof of concept. People trusted me with questions and they trusted me with facilitating conversation in a Mm -hmm. way that I couldn't have Mm -hmm. done if I'd not verified the concept by showing that it was Natural and unique and whatever, whatever. <laughs>
0: mm. But do you know what else I love about that is that it's also a, a realization of oh, you like to ask deep questions that provoke deep conversation that goes beneath the psyche, right? It's like the dream world flex, and then you realizing that no, everyone knows how to yeah. find those questions or is looking for them, but they want to discuss them. But you're the you're the friend in the room, and so it's more of you being like, oh, you know, and I think that's what I love about the way that you built your brand as well. It's this constant like iterations of, of uh, your vibration, you know, and it's like you get a, a, a holds a authentic piece of you in everything that you do, you know, and it's this con- like, yeah, love that. I also like that tip about Doing what you can with the tools that you have now, and not overthinking it. I was listening to a podcast with Will I Am the other day. Yeah, his mind is just like I. I think it took. It was like an hour and a half episode. It took me like three hours because I would kept rewinding and being like, whoa. this cool thing that he said that I woke up thinking about this morning was he's like it's the concept of the shower and the rain. People stand in the shower but run in the rain." And it's like because you're expecting the water to wet you in the shower Mm. so you embrace it. And when it's unexpected rain, we run out of it and how it's the perception of water wetting you. And I was like, I don't even know if I fully process it, but I was like, that's fucking cool. Like, yeah, love it.
1: Yeah. It's huge. I love going back to – it's interesting because I – Often oscillate between this idea of like, do I want people to observe what I'm doing and think it's really hard or really easy? In the sense of, you know, when I'm talking about doing it with the tools that you have, a lot of people let their ego tell them, oh, I need the best of Mm. everything to start. I'm not going to start this business unless I know I have this much in capital and this many resources and this Mm. much in inventory and this many. Mm. And it's like, okay, cool. It's not really required. But do it your way. And then sometimes when you just focus Mm. on what is it that I'm actually doing, you start to simplify. I was, you know, for I've had so many podcasts, I've shared my thoughts on so many different like professional Mm. programs that it psyched me out just about just putting my phone up Mm. on my table and recording mm. thought I was like no because you know people are used to production and yeah. is it going to make the other things look really amateur From giving these thoughts out for free on just my Instagram and it's not the right platform and mm. you know I need to make sure all these thoughts that I have are concise and you know these days everybody has a short attention span so I can't be waffling mm. I need to be the most articulate and these are all fallacies and narratives we tell ourselves to stop us from doing what we need to do, mm. and granted, I told you before, I'm not that disciplined, mm. and I'm not that motivated to do things I don't want to do. And so, for a lot, for me, a lot of my process is simplifying mm. what needs to be done so I can execute it. Just being like, mm. what are we actually doing here? Do you want to? Do you really want to podcast? Yeah. yeah. Or do you want to share your sh- share your thoughts?
0: Do you mm. have to share your yeah. thoughts
1: with strangers? Can this go in the group chat? No, you need you need people who you need people who are interested. Yes. Okay, cool. Then put the phone up and record, babe. And it's mm. it's just this process of talking yourself mm. off the ledge, but also reframing yeah. what you're doing. When you're standing in the shower, the water is fine. When you're on the street and it rains, the water is the enemy. What's mm. going on, babe? Isn't it? It's all the same. Yeah. I love that, and it's the thing that you did that
0: proved you're good at what you did. That gave you the big opportunities that you're now going to go and not do even though like it could bring in more opportunities and it's like I like that of being like what's what do I what's the end goal great what can I do right now with the tools you can show that you're good at giving an opinion by putting your phone up and speaking to people for free you know Um, and that's the point of bringing up the will I am here was just like what's the point of having a record deal anyone can make a record with their phone and you've got a microphone plugged into your phone right now. You know, he's like, it used yeah. to be this thing that no one else knew how to do or that was had um, clout to it. Mm. He's like, these, you know, all of these things that we once thought were like made somebody the best at what they do, like the access to technology and even, you know, the rawness and the looking for the authenticity stuff that's not AI or, you know, whatever, is actually what we're looking for now. So, like, I feel like we're going to move towards less filtered um,
1: because percent yeah, giving everyone that channel. But regardless of where we're going or where we're moving to, it's the fact that time keeps moving anyway. Mm. And all that, I think the benefit of the perspective that we're coming from, that a lot of people listening will be like, well, I don't have the the privilege of hindsight. Well, we can say this is what we did mm. and now we know from experience that we can do it a different way. Yeah. I totally commend people who get stuck in the trap, the same traps we would have been stuck in mm. if being have been like I need to be the most professional, the most creative, the most yeah. this. And I actually do think there's merit in doing it the way. I like to tell people do it how I did it, not how I'm doing it mm. because how I did it still has merit. Yeah, But you don't know, it's important for you to know the iteration process Mm. because there is always an iteration process. You will never start anything in such a way that it does not need to be refined and Mm. edited and changed. So you might as well just give yourself a chance to get to that iteration process by just starting.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, There's a really good quote and I don't know who said it and I'll have to find it, but it's like if you start with (laughs) a perfect, if you launch with a perfect product or business you've launched too late
1: i'm pretty sure it's greta rose van real there she is yeah yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, amazing (laughs) greta rose is Um, a a legend but yeah it's very amazing yeah well thank you so much we could go on and on and on but um it has been really nice to actually record this conversation (laughs) and some some of your wisdom and share it out and um yeah let us know do you want to just give us a quick shout out to where you people can find you
1: flex mommy on google will lead you yep. to everywhere you need to go yep. if you want to go somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um great thank you so much for being here and uh, we'll chat soon